0: Reading is taken from Mark chapter 14 verses 32 to 52. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, "Sit here while I pray." He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. "My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death," he said to them. "Stay here and keep watch." Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the, the teachers of the law and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Catherine, thank you very much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come to your word now, we ask that you would open our eyes to see, our hearts to feel, and our minds to understand what it is that you're calling us to. Help reveal your word to us now, we ask. In your name. Amen. I received uh, an email this week from Bishop Joe. Um, actually, I wasn't alone. Lots of you here probably received the same email. It's called the Diocesan Briefing. It comes out twice a week. Uh, anyway, I, I got this one from Bishop Joe, and it just sort of struck me. She was talking about how um, when things are broken, new life can come out, and it was something that was uh, in my mind. I then went downstairs and attacked my hard-boiled egg for, or my soft-boiled egg, I'm pleased to say, for breakfast. Uh, and it struck me again, unless I break this, whatever good is inside, I can't enjoy. Now, I think if we look at our world, it's pretty clear to see that it's broken. A tsunami in the Pacific ring, forest fires, fires build-up of troops in Ukraine, a threat of famine in Afghanistan, political unrest across North Africa. It's broken all over the place. None of these things are things that we desire, and they're illustrations, perhaps, of how humankind has tried to direct and take over the world, and we're paying the price for it. that said with God there is always hope and God can use things in a way that we don't anticipate when we're in the midst of that brokenness because breaking can release new activity out of the forest fire comes new growth new flowers that have lain dormant for tens of years out of that build up of Russian troops NATO has bizarrely got itself together as a united force and we pray that any impending famine or other disaster may bring the world together that we may work together with compassion to share out for others and the Bible is full of these sort of images where things break and out of what looks broken comes new hope And new beginnings. Do you remember the woman suffering uh, hemorrhage who actively chooses to reach out and change her life by meeting and touching Jesus Christ? The woman anointing Jesus' feet has to break the jar to release the perfume of anointing. The death of Lazarus releases the emotion of Jesus. And the miracle that raises him again, which touches that whole family and that whole area. A man possessed by the devil is broken in front of them, but rises a new person going off to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. The curtain in the temple is torn apart from top to bottom so that everyone might see into the Holy of Holies. All of these images we see where things are changed and they're broken and out of it comes something new and positive and full of hope. And today we're looking at Jesus Christ, God himself, kneeling in the Garden of Gethsemane three times with a troubled and broken spirit, a person in severe stress where beads of blood form on his brow. And it seems wrong, doesn't it, to think of God? But does he not know what's going to happen? That he is under such stress? Why is Jesus so stricken at this point? We may find it reassuring that he understands the sort of stress and overwhelming nature of life because that is how we feel sometimes isn't it perhaps more often than we choose to admit we can't see the way forward and when we do get glimpses of what lies ahead we wish it were something else, we wish it were different we don't want to endure the next few days the next few weeks And I've seen that several times in several people over this last week or two. People who have been desperately upset, desperately anxious because of financial issues or their own personal health issues or the death of a loved one close to them. Because suffering comes when there is a gap between our desire and the reality of the situation because in our desire the world and life doesn't seem to match up what we want doesn't always happen and therefore we feel let down we feel worried, we feel upset we feel possibly even without hope we just don't want to do it we don't know where to go, we don't know what to do now I don't know if you're an avid potholer not sure that we've got any potholers here but they're cavers that go underground and when they reach a particularly difficult spot they'll tend to send one person off ahead but tied to them is a rope first of all so that they can find out where they've gone and pull them back if need be but secondly also that they can follow the same path a path which can lead into new expanses, new caverns, new glories, new experiences, new opportunities, and what I ask myself is where what's the rope i'm following? Karen and I were at uh, Wanish and Sharmley Green School this week doing their assembly again, and we uh, we were looking at Jonah. And we said to them, now, if you were asked a question and you just don't want to do it, you're asked to do something and you just don't want to do it, what would you do? We quite liked the entrepreneur who said that he would charge in order to do it. We thought 50 pounds was a bit steep for the washing up, but, you know, that's okay. You know, set your sights high. Then there was the other... Uh, young girl who just wanted to hide she said I'll hide and they won't find me and then of course the young lad who said I'm over that fence and I'm away I'm running for it the trouble is of course when they come home the washing up is still there that thing they don't want to do it hasn't gone away it's still there and that might be how we feel And it ends up with a choice. We either have to do it or we lower our desires. And here we have Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane bringing a perspective and finding his rope. A rope that is attached to the depth of God, his Father. And he had his level of desire. But he knew that God had a deeper level of desire. You see, when we look at this passage, we see that Jesus does several things. First of all, he's very honest, isn't he? He admits. He admits there's a struggle. There's something lying ahead which I just don't want to do. when we first read that story we may think that's really odd God clearly doesn't know what's coming up but he does he's already spoken about it hasn't he we saw that a couple of weeks ago where Jesus even talks about carrying your own cross in the knowledge that he'd have to carry his own as well this wasn't new but now Jesus is at the point of reality this is about to happen this is true and I don't want to do it it's going to hurt and having named that issue Jesus asks if this is in my hands please take the cup away the cup that symbol of wrath and pain and hurt I don't want it personally I don't want that hurt because this Jesus has been with God since the beginning of the world beginning of time this isn't just a physical brokenness this is an emotional and spiritual brokenness for Jesus as well. This is utter. This is total. Jesus alone for the first time in history. So Jesus seeks God's presence just by the very fact that he goes to pray, he seeks God's presence. Which leads to his final comment. Even though this might be my desire not my will but yours be done I know that for people to have a root, a relationship with us they need me to die and if that's the case then I'll do it and I'll do it for you and I'll do it for them you see far from this coming as unexpected to Jesus he's preparing himself He's preparing by seeking the presence of God the Father. The disciples, of course, as we see at the end of this passage, are not seeking the presence of God. They're asleep. And what happens to them at the end? They flee. That's what it says. They flee away. So what does all this say to me today? Because in all of our lives there are obstacles, there are hurdles, there are things which happen which we wish were not there. So I suppose my first question is, am I prepared? Do I spend that same time seeking God's presence? Do I seek His face when the things are hard? And for that matter, do I seek God's face when things are easy? Because that's when we need to seek God's face. I was often challenged by uh, colleagues at Night Frank saying, I haven't got time for all that marketing and all that advertising and all that stuff. We're so busy. Things are so good. I haven't got time. My response, sadly, to them was that is exactly when you need to do it. You need to market when you're busy because if you don't do your marketing, then, then you'll go quiet. And then it's too late. And it's the same with us. We need to seek God when things are easy because then when the hard things come we've built up that relationship we've got a rapport we've got an inroad we understand the presence of God are we walking alone or are we walking hand in hand are we ready to be broken in fact are we prepared to be broken the issue that we have is where is our desire and where is God's Desire, Deep desire comes from deep love and it shapes and transforms us through our daily struggle so that when we, uh, when we meet a difficult situation we forgive instead of judging. We give time to people rather than consider our own agenda more important. We'll be honest and open. We'll be helpful and we'll be giving because we know what God is asking us to do. You see, the disciples were challenged and they fled. Interesting, isn't it, when we see the empowering of the Holy Spirit, when we see their understanding is complete about the person of God. By Acts 2, they're standing there boldly preaching. And throughout Acts, they are following the movement of the Spirit, preaching, speaking, working together. And they've got changed lives. God blesses us in the broken situations by new hope. That's why I was quite touched by that little cine reel of the Queen. Out of her brokenness came new service. New opportunity, a new purpose. I'm obviously a bit disappointed that Kia's leaving. But for her, she's moving out of her comfort blanket into an area of new service because God has called her to it and things are not always going to be easy either for us here or for her there but if she is following the path of God God will be with her and actually it releases new opportunity next week we will find a new preacher in this church And then in three or four weeks' time, there will be another new preacher in this church. Because we have two, the lovely Caroline Stearman and Jane Boswell, both going through the occasional preacher's course, or about to, in order that they can serve here. Great! Great that the opportunity and the timing is such that as Keir goes, we have new people coming through. And we'll have other people leading our services here as well because this is about the ministry of God and whoever is gifted should be built up to serve God where we are I've been struggling with this all week but actually I really think that as a village church we're in a prime position we are in the golden opportunity we're in a golden position because we are a village church now we look to the bright lights all around us and we see these mega churches and you know, people still drive up to London we've got friends who go up to London every week and they worship there and that's wonderful great that they're fed but actually in these mega churches in these big urban centres there are lots of offices there are lots of shops there are railway stations and all sorts of stuff but when you come back to the villages where we are people live here this is where they are and this is where we're called because if we are going to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ we need to do it where people are can we expect people to get out of their home and drive to London just on a whim of course we can't but we can invite them in for a cup of tea and just share with them the hospitality of knowing Jesus Christ because we know him for ourselves. We are the people of God in this place. Wherever we're, It doesn't matter for those people online, you're just as much the people of God. We've all got friends, we've all got neighbours, we've all got relations, not all of whom know what can come out of being broken. And whenever we turn to God, we break first. We repent and believe and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit and so we grow into his grace. And that's what we want for everyone, isn't it? And that's the amazing opportunity we have as a village church. We are living amongst people. People who desperately need the love of God and we are the people who can give it to them because we know that love for ourselves and boy it's hard it's really tough but that is what God calls us to do just as Kia said last week we are inspired and motivated by the love of God which drives us out because that's what we want to do to shower the love of God upon other people So are we prepared to set aside the immediate comfort the front door which is closed? Or are we prepared to open it and invite people in to share with them the presence of God? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, there are all sorts of situations I can't begin to know them all but you do you know our pain you know our anxieties you know our difficulties at the moment and we thank you that you want to be in each of them you want to be with us you want to share your amazing grace your amazing love you want to know that we're forgiven for what we've done and we're blessed for what we can be in you So, Lord, as we prayed right at the beginning of this service, send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and to work to your praise and your glory. Let this be our desire. In your name. Amen.